Thanks for joining us this week on the show. I know you're going to love this conversation that I had with Dr. Marga Macias, a physician by training, a pediatrician in her trade, whose world transformed after a personal medical crisis led her to find sources of healing and transformation that she is inspired to share with the world. So if you're interested in alternative methods of healing, of energy work, of finding out how your own personal and ancestral history could be impacting your health today and how you can heal not only yourself but future generations, this one is for you. Thank you so much for joining us. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me today for what is going to be a really enlightening and inspiring conversation with just what is possible for you with my guest, Dr. Marga Macias. Dr. Marga is known for helping her clients reset from paralyzing overwhelm to empowered stability and resilience without medications and years of therapy. Over years of training with renowned authorities in their fields, she became certified in multiple modalities of energy healing, became an intuitive energy practitioner, and honed her expertise in epigenetics. With more than 20 years of Western medical and holistic healing experience, she empowers those who feel trapped by fear and past traumas to clear their inherent limiting beliefs, behaviors, and patterns so they can embrace life's challenges resilience, courage, and great. Marga, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm thrilled to have you here for our guest. Thank you so much for having me, Susie. I'm so glad to be here. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your story, as is always the case. I think when people start on one track, you were a Western trained, a traditional medical doctor, and then branched out and brought in all of these different modalities. I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience and why these became so important to you. Yeah, so Austin mentioned, I was trained in Western medicine for ever since the, from the beginning. My, both my parents were doctors, and so being the firstborn, it was expected that I become a doctor too. So I followed in their footsteps, and I became a medical doctor and I specialized in pediatrics, and I did all the Western things that I was trained to do. But in 2008, I had a ruptured aneurysm in my brain, and I nearly lost my life. And that's when that moment came to me, that aha moment where I realized I was given a second chance in life. So I was obviously meant to do something more. But somehow, being in the clinical practice was not the answer. I felt something inside me, deep inside me that I was put here on this earth to do. And so I decided to slowly wean off from clinical practice, but I wasn't sure where to go. I, I became an author. I thought maybe this is it, but that still wasn't what it was. But in the process of trying to find myself and trying to find my true passion, 
I met with a mentor. I was her client. And I learned the world of energy healing from her, specifically in epigenetics. And it affected me so much. It made such a huge impact in my life that I said, this is what I want to do. I want to learn what she's doing. And so she offered to teach me. And when I went through her course and got certified, that's when the light bulb moment went on. And I said, this is what I'm supposed to do. But I also wanted to help people understand epigenetics, because if you say epigenetics, most people don't get it. Most people feel it's too complicated or too complex to learn. And that's why I wrote my book on epigenetics and inherited patterns, because I wanted to explain and try to teach people what it's all about and why it is so crucial to know the impact that it can play in your life. So I studied more about epigenetics I became a certified energy healer specializing in epigenetic release of inherited patterns that no longer serve you, that you might have inherited from someone down your lineage. And I loved this so much that I wanted to branch into other kinds, other modalities of energy healing. So I'm going for my certification in neurolinguistic programming and hypnotherapy and life coaching and anything that does not involve medicine or drugs or prolonged therapy sessions. I think that's really extraordinary. As you were sharing earlier, change can happen quickly. We tend to think that healing has to be a long journey, that it takes a lot of work and practice or support. And so in your experience and in your work with your clients, you see that you can create a radical transformation pretty quickly. Yes, it can be, but that's not always the rule. You know, there are people go through different journeys of healing. Some, it's like a wake-up moment. It's like night and day from one day to the next. I've had a client tell me, oh my God, I felt so different when I woke up this morning and I suddenly feel so empowered. Whatever baggage I had in the past is no longer there. But some, it's like a slow burn that you don't wake up with this tremendous change or difference that you feel, but then you realize in time, oh, there's something different. I'm no longer triggered by this thing that used to hurt me so much in the past. I'm no longer so afraid. I am not so much involved in self-sabotage or feeling being hard on myself or putting myself down. So those are subtle changes that they start to notice. And then little by little, their life begins to change and the outcome is just so much better and brighter with, it's almost like a release. It's almost like you're shedding baggage and clothes that no longer fit you and you're walking into a brand new life, feeling empowered and inspired and just with so much peace and calm. Beautiful, beautiful. And I think it must be a really powerful opportunity to be a part of that experience for the people that you're supporting. And so as you mentioned, you have a book, you've already authored two best-selling books, but a brand new one is about to be published, but we'll have a special link to make sure our listeners don't have to wait. And so what inspired you to write your previous book, Birthright, Five Secrets to Reclaim the Power of You? I wrote Birthright because my journey was not an easy one. And people maybe think, oh, you've had an easy life. Your parents were doctors and all that jazz. But it wasn't so. 
I had gone through a lot and I had hit rock bottom and I was so destroyed inside and feeling so hopeless that I honestly didn't know if I was going to make it, if I was going to be able to push forward. And I had been a single mom since my youngest was two. And so there was a lot of struggles involved and a lot of heartaches, a lot of heartbreaks, a lot of deception, a lot of disappointments. I went through the ringer and I hit rock bottom, but then little by little, I managed to pull myself out of it. And so Birthright is a story of what you can do to help yourself rise from the ashes. What I learned to make me more resilient and the steps that I went through and the viewpoints that I had to change in my mind that helped me take one step forward, little bits at a time until not only was I walking, but now I could run free and happier and lighter in spirit. Uh, and that is such an important transition and transformation. And I'm sure at the beginning or the journey, or perhaps at many points along the way, you might have struggled to feel like you would come out the other side and feel lighter and brighter and free the way that you're able to. Definitely. I was in a rut for so long. I, Like I mentioned, I honestly didn't know if I could survive. I had to make that choice in my mind every day that, no, I'm not going to give up. I am not going to take my own life. And I have to be honest, it wasn't for myself but because of my children. They were the driving force that kept me going because I knew how much they needed me. And for them, I had to fight. But then I realized that I can't just fight for them. I have to fight for myself too. I have to fix me because in fixing me, then everything will fall smoothly or smoother. And it's not going to be such a dread to wake up each morning and to face the difficulties that I had to every single day and that time in my past where life was just very painful and horrible and overwhelming and stressful. Yeah, and I'm sure at that point in time, your reasons for carrying on to create a better life for your children, to be able to be the mother that you wanted to be for them, that, that's a lifeline that was available to you, but it still came down to you needing to do the work to find the tools that supported you. And you have my admiration for that deep work that you committed to, to come through that journey. Yes, thank you. And the birthright was at a time prior to this awakening in epigenetics. Birthright was leading up to the point of my aneurysm and shortly thereafter. But this whole new evolvement came a few years later. So it was just like a chain of events. But am I resentful or am I upset about what happened? No, because no matter how hard the past was, I knew and I know that I learned so many valuable lessons along the way. And had I not gone through that, I don't know if I would be the person I am now, but they were, they might have seen like roadblocks. They might have seen like punishments at some point in my life. But looking back now, it just built me to who I am now. And so, yeah, Birthright was that journey, that story. You'll learn more about the events that lead, led me to that point. And also how little by little, step by step, I made my way out of the darkness. And then came the aneurysm and the awakening and the 
learning about, oh, you know what? It's not just Western medicine because nothing can be more powerful than the mind. Western medicine has its limitations. And yes, there are drugs and yes, there are modalities that you can use, surgery or drugs or medications, but that wasn't for me. I wanted to be able to heal the mind first because when healing the mind, the body, the soul, the spirit all follow through. And without the mind, then there is no way that the body can go towards any kind of healing. Let's say, for instance, if you had were given a diagnosis and in your head you say, that's it, my life is over, I'm not going to make it, I might as well get ready, prepare myself to die. Or I don't think this is going to work for me. Why is my life so hard? And this is so unfair. I give up. See, if you have that in your head, then it changes the outcome of your life, whether or not Western medicine can fully support you. So even miracles happen where you are given like the most dire, the most difficult diagnosis or something that seems almost so difficult to surpass. But then by the power of the mind and the spirit, you plow through, you break the barriers and you make a breakthrough that baffle your doctors just because of the power of the mind and your drive to survive and your drive to you know, make it through. Of course, there are cases where, like for instance, certain kinds of aggressive cancers, that there is a finite timeline to your existence, but it doesn't have to be with despair. It doesn't have to be with so much heaviness. It can be, you can go through it with so much grace and peace by healing your heart and healing your mind and come to a place of acceptance and even live your life to the fullest till your last breath. That's so beautiful. That's something that I definitely wish for everyone to have their most full and fully expressed life. And I'd yes. love to hear, do you have some advice? And I'm sure this could be an episode all on itself. We could go deep into this question, but for people who are right now struggling with overwhelm and stress, do you have some advice to help them start to feel a shift, to start to find some relief? Yes. When you're in a state of overwhelm, the very first thing you have to do really, and it sounds so crazy simple, but breathe, take a breath, take a break, step away from that moment. And Usually overwhelm happens because you feel that there's just too many things going on altogether mm -hmm. that seem monumental for you to handle. Sometimes it's one major thing and a few minor things, or sometimes it's minor things all put together that make it seem so big for you to handle. My suggestion is take a breath, really find quiet time for yourself and pay attention to your breathing. Really slow down your breathing. Remove yourself from the chaos that's going on if possible. You know, if you put yourself in a room or put music to help calm you, meditate, say a prayer, make the environment the most ideal for you to try to calm down and relax. And without even thinking about in your head, what am I going to do next? Just put yourself in a space of quiet and concentrate on your breath. Deep healing, cleansing breaths where you literally slow down. So you inhale slowly, you hold and you exhale and imagine everything washing over you. Like when you inhale, you're pulling out all that crud and all that stress and all that energy, that, you know, heavy energy, and you breathe it out into the universe. And then you ask for guidance and support 
in what you're going to go through. And I guarantee if you give yourself that little moment, even if it seems so ridiculous, it's going to help you reset your mind because a quiet mind is a mind that's been a, that will be better able to make decisions and move things along more smoothly. And then when you're in that state of, okay, I'm not panicking, I'm not about to cry, I'm not ready to scream anymore, then you prioritize what is the most urgent thing that I have to do first and put it in that order and don't make a whole laundry list. Start with one. And then if you're done with that or you feel, okay, I'm ready to move on to something else and you go through the next. And so it doesn't have to be done all together. The world will not end if you give yourself a break. You know, the world will continue with or without you. So have that in mind. Take a moment for yourself. Be kind to yourself and give yourself that time to really just let go. Pull yourself away from the madness around you and find a moment of quiet and peace. And depending on what you believe in, whether it's God, the universe, whatever it is, whatever source brings you peace, focus on that and ask to bring peace and guidance to your heart and to your mind. And then in that moment of calm, then address one issue at a time. It's so important that you take care of yourself first. Forget everybody else. It's not being selfish. It's not being selfish. It's taking care of you because just like they say in the airplane, you know, in an emergency, put your oxygen mask first before you put the others on. How can you continue to be productive or exist if you are in a moment of panic where it's like a, you feel like there's a dire emergency that life is steamrolling over you? So take that moment to breathe. Put your oxygen mask first. It's not being selfish. It's being kind and loving to yourself and then slowly proceed from there. Uh, those are such important reminders. And as you said, it seems simple, deceptively simple, that breathing could make such a difference, but it really does. And it really, not only centering, but just helping us regain control when that stress is spiraling away. The biology of our bodies is taking over. We can reclaim that control. We can find center again. And it's so true. We think that there's so much that we must do and we're so hard on ourselves and if we can just break it down just simplify it just come back to the one thing what's the one thing that needs to be attended to we can start to release all of that expectation and obligation and self-criticism that is really just making it more difficult for us isn't it mm -hmm. and be and people might laugh and say oh breathing sure right breathing but breathing itself and this proper breathing will slow down your nervous system that's driving you crazy, that flight or fight mode where you think, I have to do this, I can't stop, I have to go. No, just the breathing will slow down your heart rate, will bring calm into your mind. It's going to calm down the stress response in your body and it's going to do wonders for you. So it's not a joke. It's something that I invite everybody to take really, really seriously. Take a breath. And if you Better still, do it outdoors if it's nice and sunny. Because mm, sunshine sure. is a great way also to lift your mood. Go to nature. Go around trees. Go to your dogs or pets if you have them. They are surefire stress releasers. Go to anything that brings you peace in your heart. But do it for yourself. Take a moment. Take a minute. Take an hour. Take half a day if you want to. Or the entire day. The world can, will continue to revolve. Don't forget that. But be kind to yourself. 
and things will become more clear for you. But if, if that still doesn't help you, where you still struggle, then it's time to try to seek help. Because remember, you're not alone in this world. There are people out there who are going to be able to help you in ways that you never thought possible. So reach out. <laughs> Don't forget. So important, truly. Yeah. We can do a lot. We can do more than we sometimes believe we're capable of. And there's no shame in seeking that help, especially from people who have traveled this path before and can reach back and lend their support, their expertise, their powerful perspective to ease the journey for those of us who yeah. are still mired in it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So beautiful. And so from your first book, From Birthright, now your newest book is focusing on epigenetics and you've created a course. Tell us why you're so inspired by the power of epigenetics. What, what lit that for you? My, my first book was actually Turn Diabetes Around. It was a basic way to, in, to educate people about diabetes and ways to help. It's primarily geared for those who are first-time diabetics, newly diagnosed, particularly parents dealing with children newly diagnosed, because I know there's a lot of overwhelm. So there was like an, an easy explanation about diabetes, what it is, what can make it worse and hurt and help you. Then the birthright, which we talked about before, and then epigenetics, in, it came about with doing the work that I do. I've been doing this for two and a half years now, this work that I do. But um, people, I wanted people to understand that epigenetics can affect your choices, your life choices, and the stressors around your environment can change the way your genes are interpreted. And there's so many factors that can happen, trauma, famine, war, um, hunger, any event that is major and life-changing for you can change the way your genes are expressed. Your DNA does not change, but there are markers that attach to it that can affect the way that gene is expressed. Now, for example, all of a sudden you're deathly afraid of dying or you're no longer afraid of dying like the people from the Holocaust because they went through the most traumatic experience, they, it was found through studies that all of a sudden in their, a methylation change happened in their genes. So now they were passing on the gene where they were no longer afraid to die. So it was just so amazing that because they went through that experience, now it's almost took away the fear to die, which could be um, not beneficial at some point because you can be pretty careless if you think, I don't care, I'm going to die anyway. It doesn't matter if I die or that's destined to happen to me. And there's so many other changes that can happen too, just by what happens in a person's life, but also the choices that they make, the kind of food that they eat, their lifestyle, are they getting enough sleep? Are they forever stressed before they thought that, okay, this is your life, that's it, and it stops right there. But no, it can be passed on generations down. And so I wanted to educate people about really what is epigenetics? and all the ways it can affect you mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and the ways that you can harm yourself and what to do, also holistic methods that you can do to help to prevent um, changes that are going to be harmful, not only for you, but generations forward. Because remember, when these markers are there, you're now passing it down your family line. And, and that also wanted to tie into the work that I do, which is helping 
heal epigenetics in the emotional sense because there's the physical, there's the mental, there's new medications that are being done now, knowing what triggers these patterns or these diseases. And that's the beauty of this, the science of epigenetics. But there's also the component about the emotional patterns that we inherited from our ancestors epigenetically that can also be released. Now, of course, there is science cannot prove it. It's ridiculous to try to test the DNA of people and see what happened down the line, how a phobia was removed, how self-sabotage was moved. But in my course and in my teachings, sometimes the result itself is the proof that you need. Whether or not science will back that up, which it will if somebody took the time and effort to go through that whole process. But sometimes the results speak louder than the medical evidence will. Truly, truly. We, we live at a point where it's exciting to see how science has finally become able to prove or how we have found ways to prove things that practices we have used for millennia, right? The power efficacy of meditation, of mindfulness, of these things. And so sometimes we just have to believe, we have to have faith in it because we know that it works, because we see the results, we feel the shift within ourselves. And so science has its place. And until science can yes. catch up with us, <laughs> we can continue yes. to reap the rewards. <laughs> yes. And I truly believe that these modalities would not have lasted this long and be passed over decades if it didn't do something good. So again, do you need scientific proof that it changed you? Absolutely not. Look at the people who practice it and look how their life is. And that should be enough for you. And it's just like when I deal with my clients, um, can I prove to them? No, I says, but let your journey from this point on be your evidence for yourself. And none of them have come back disappointed. So that's a good sign, right? <laughs> We need science to prove that when the person feels like a brand new individual with the baggage removed. Because remember, some things that happen are because of the choices that you make in life. But there are also some things that we inherit from our ancestors, from our parents, grandparents, all the way about down the line. So those that we can help ourselves with, then by all means, do everything you can to heal yourself in that way. But there comes, there are some circumstances where no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you still fall back into the same hole. And why? Chances are that was epigenetically inherited by you down your line, either mother or father's side. And so there's a way to help you overcome that by releasing what is no longer serving you and replacing it with what your, what your body, your mind, your subconscious particularly needs to move forward, then why not? And the beauty of it is not only does it release from the originator that started that pattern, but it also cleans, clears down your family line, your lineage, so that your children, anyone down your family line no longer carries that marker that set things off in a way that is not helpful for you. And what is, can you share with us your own experience? How has epigenetic energy healing impacted your own life? Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I, like when I came from that point, you know, where I felt like my life was over, 
like I said, I, it took me a while to try to bring myself together and pull it forward. But when I had that awakening, when I had, okay, there's something I was meant to do. I reached out to this mentor who I met at a conference. And so when I said, I want to put myself in the best possible mindset, you know, to be able to move forward in this journey. I'm, I'm searching for what that is, but I want to be in the best possible frame of mind, and especially emotionally, spiritually, to make that journey forward. And so I used to be um, very, very insecure. Everything scared me. I was the queen of self-sabotage. I had so very low self-worth. And I didn't think that I was good enough. So all that heavy baggage was with me. But then I did my best. And although I made some progress, I didn't feel that it was enough. Or I said, let's get down to this and let me see what else I can do to help myself. So I reached out to her. And with her help, I went through three, six months with her. And slowly, little by little, all this negative patterns and traits were eased away. And it was like a magical transformation. For me, I was one of those slow burners. But then I began to see the pattern. Hey, this is not scaring me so much. I am not self-sabotaging myself anymore. I'm moving forward and I'm, I'm more confident. I would never have been able to do this. I would never have been able to write the books or be who I am now or dare to learn or dare to put myself forward and be a speaker and be an author and accept clients. I thought I would belong to that little box of medical practitioner and that's all I was. But it just released so much self-doubt that I had for myself. And also inherited patterns because there was a lot of that. There was a lot of depression, anxiety, self-sabotage, so much baggage that was being carried. And so the weight was really, really lifted. And that's what inspired me to do that journey, you know, subject myself to that journey and see the effects it had on me. And having seen that for myself and now seeing it in the, with the clients I'm helping, there's no greater fulfillment for me than that. That's what inspired me to do the work and also to write the book so I can reach out to as many people who need to hear this. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your experience because I find that worthiness is something that so many people struggle with. You know, we have to be careful of blanket statements, but I feel yeah. like I would be hard pressed to find people who don't have trouble with just being confident in that worthiness, in their mm -hmm. personal value. And so what a beautiful thing, especially as you're you know, explaining to us that it's not only our personal experience, but the experience that our parents or theirs or yes. generations up the line, that once that seed, once these markers are riding along with our DNA, then yeah. we don't have to have this source experience. It's just something yeah. that we come pre-programmed to be wary of or cautious. And, and it's limiting our opportunities in life. Yes, yes. And that's why I also encourage people to try to do the healing for themselves, to find mentors, find people that you trust to help you along that way. But don't blame yourself always. Like, for instance, you fail to succeed or you're moving along the journey and all of a sudden something stops, maybe by a choice that you make. 
but it's something that you inherited. So don't be so hard on yourself, please. You know, there could be a reason for that. And be, be kind to yourself. Self-love and self-kindness is the most important step to healing. Because when you do, then you open your heart and minds to all possible ways to help yourself better, either through the choices that you make in life or also to reach out where you feel, okay, this is beyond me. This is beyond my scope. I've tried it all. What else can I do? Yes. And speaking of what else can we do, you mentioned you're continuing to expand your toolkit. I love having different tools in the toolkit. What are some other modalities of healing that you're also passionate about? Neurolinguistic program is one of them. And I just came from London to attend a seminar there under a very renowned teacher. And I was so excited and I love it because it's, again, it's dealing with the mind and how you think of things and how you rise above who you are right now and retrain or change the pattern of the way you view things. Mm. And sometimes there's modalities that can help to release that too, or to remove that or to change that. And uh, so that's one thing I'm really, really passionate about. I'm also certified in the Simra method of energy healing. It's based off Romania and it's the path of least resistance where you really practice being kind to yourself and you give yourself time for, with emotions that you have. So it's not an aggressive, oh, we've got to do this. You've got to make this method, those like a pep rally. Ah, oh, you have to do this and do this. No, it's a kind method to help yourself and to really be attuned with your surroundings and the universe to help you heal. It's from Romania, like I mentioned. And also I'm learning hypnotherapy because sometimes it's just so deep down ingrained that you need an extra help. So I look at it as, like you said, in our toolbox. Said, so, okay, let me try this modality. No, what else do I have to try to help you get through this? So having more tools is just going to be able to help me really support somebody going through any crisis or any problem that they may have in their life without drugs. Because <laughs> I don't like medication. I don't. I may be an MD, but the least medication help the better. Of course, again, there are situations where you have to have them, where it is suggested that you have it temporarily until we can get things in better order. And then you can slowly wean, wean off certain medications. Not, you know, it's just a, a fine balance. There's Western medicine and there's this world of energy healing. And so they go hand in hand. One cannot exist without the other. But I do think there's a way to merge them together and have a happy balance where there is a health that's happening with a minimal amount of medications or, you know, years and years of therapy that you have to go through. So that's why I'm doing what I am doing. Yes. And I think it's so important for people to... To believe it's possible, to believe that healing is possible. And that's really the beauty of these modalities that you use because it's giving the mind back that ability to hold space for wellness, for health. Because so many times we, we become programmed to be sick and, and certainly to move the needle as an interim intervention, you know, medications 
can be important, but without addressing what's really at the root of it, what's causing yes. the disease, then yes. it's just a band-aid. Yes. Yes. And sometimes we, our lifestyles, our practices, what we subject ourselves to, the environment that we allow ourselves to be in, they all play a role. And that's why there, is the, there needs to be this balance, east meets west, a balance, not where it's this way or that way or minus one, minus the other. No, it's a perfect balance. That's how I foresee this journey to be for people. And I am more than willing to be able to help support this side more than the other side. Yes, we have we have plenty of doctors in training, so we'll continue to have access to those. But I love connecting with the light holders that are really clearing the way. And I'll share with our audience that I was lucky enough to have an, a session with you, Marga, and it was so beautiful and empowering. It, you're very deeply intuitive and clearly very connected because through the session, you were able to tune into things without me sharing my story my history, even family history. And we were really able to land on some very clear, very precise things that even though we looked at a couple of different aspects of life, there were there was a lot of overlap, you know, some similar source experiences or sources that we could tune into to release and restore. And it was such a beautiful session. I count myself so lucky. And, and it's so important to know that there are ways we can again, start to reclaim control of our health. So I love the mission of your work. You're a girl after my own heart. <laughs> I have many avenues, many interests and specialties myself. And so maybe that's another reason why we connected so quickly and so powerfully. I think it's really lovely to see where we have different passions, different skills and gifts, and they might not initially seem aligned or easily integrated, but there's a reason, there's a purpose, there are the people who need all of these different tools from the toolbox. And so it's wonderful to know that this is available and energy knows no distance. So you're able to work remotely and with people absolutely anywhere. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your experience, as well as your wisdom and insights. I know this is going to really serve so many people just to become aware of what is possible how we can transform. Thank you, Marga. I appreciate you so much. And I'm so grateful we are connected and excited to see what continues to come from your work and your mission. Thanks for doing what you do in the world. It's such an important job. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.